0: there must be positive people who are also working in those communities. They must exist, and they do. And this is where we're saying that the goodness within the community is what will fight the bad. We're talking like black and white here, but I mean, that is actually what happens. Like, the person who is interested in empowering a young person, who wants to see them progress, who wants to see them flourish, that person, there's always one of them in the community, there's always somebody doing good, lots of people doing good. Where are they? can we empower them, can we armor them, and can we encourage this work to flourish?
1: Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you're going to hear from a huge array of thought leaders around the world who are making the world a better place. Here at Ever Widening Circles, where I'm the founder of a media outlet that tells the stories of all the insight and innovation going on celebrated. Here at Ever Widening Circles, we like to remind people that there is an enormous wave of goodness and progress going on in the world that almost no one knows about. And so we have an entire universe of platforms and projects that we're doing to promote the good in the world. We're just not hearing enough about it. Today's guest is Hadia Massey. Now, Hadia is an unbelievable, well, just a leader, an experimenter, a brave and outstandingly creative person in this space of peace building, which we all care so much about today. And she has an amazing story. Her project called Groundswell is a hyper local way. Of expanding on the good that's happening right in our own neighborhoods. That's all I'm going to do to introduce Hadiya because she has such a wonderful story and such a wonderful goal that I'm going to let her put it in her own words. Welcome, Hadiya. Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so delighted that we've that we've caught each other. Hadiya is in. Are you, you're in London, correct? I'm in London. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had to play calendar tag and all kinds of time zone gyrations, and we just decided (laughs) to go with it today. So I I introduced Groundswell in a very minor way, but Groundswell impressed me from the very first moment that I heard about it. I love your concept about community cohesion. You know, that word cohesion, sticking together, it, it includes kind of like, how do we find the glue Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make us all multipliers for each other's good intentions. So give me some some more background on your story and then tell us all about Groundswell. And then I've got an amazing um, list of questions I want to ask you that'll apply to everyone's lives.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, I guess I've done a lot of interviews about my past and I'm very keen that it's, it's something that doesn't, like people don't just focus on my past. It's my past that has helped me come up with this solution for the future like it's informed me and and given me what I need and the tools I need in order to come up with a solution like you said no one's talking about the solution they just keep talking about the problems so you know a lot of life stories people have learned from something that a mistake or something that they've done in the past and then they use that in order to make something better and that insight is invaluable so whether you know yeah I'll, I'll put people out there misery now but you know like my background was I was recruited to a political Islamist organization it was non-violent but it was around it was quite an extremist organization that wanted to establish an Islamic state mm-hmm. and this state in my mind when I was a teenager I'm now 43 years old so it was quite some time ago but you know you're young you're impressionable and you want to make a change in the world I mean that's not new lots of teenagers want to do that. And I was no different. So a solution was given that, you know, I was seeing all of these wars in the world. I was seeing, you know, in my view, you know, Western nations, the US going into Afghanistan and poor countries, you know, destroying them and the lives of people and they couldn't do anything about it. There was nothing there for them. And it was kind of presented to me that the reason why was because they are trying to destroy your faith in Islam and they're trying to you know to stop you know these people from reproducing and like very very negative things like and you you kind of you look at it and you're like wow that the way they are acting and carpet bombing and going you know genocide it is like they are trying to destroy these people and their faith. And that just struck me very personally, like, who is there to help these people? How can we help them? How can we save them? And as a teenager, that's what you you want to do. You want to try and change the world, do, do good things. And they're like, well, you can change this by establishing a utopia state, which will protect the lives of these people that will be able to solve the situation, you know, ward off the, you know the foreign policy and the 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 wars and and the the foreign powers and be a protection for these people and I found this like a a sense of duty like yes I want to protect these people I want to protect the young Afghan boy who wasn't doing anything playing in the street and just got blown up you know this is not right it's an injustice and I felt that very strongly anyway so I was part of this group which I believed would really changed the world it was a non-violent organization but we thought we'd do it like you know do a, a military coup and it would go swimmingly and you know like this is a, <laughs> you've got this idealistic view as a young person but you know there were you know like you've got it's very much like a, a communist ideology but with a bit of islam thrown in mm-hmm. so it was politicized mm-hmm. and you know, I honestly believed this for quite some time, like really that this was the greater good that we we're going to bring a goodness to the world. And then, you know, using my faith, I, I realized that this was being taken advantage of. Like my desire to change the world, and you know, my the, the way that I stuck to my my faith was being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with with a lot of religious groups. They take this this passion for faith and and direct it, misdirect it, mm-hmm. and after the the seven seven bombings that happened in the uk that was a bit of a turning point for me where i realized hang on a minute that's not what i signed up for that's not what i wanted to happen these people are destroying more lives more innocent lives in the name of faith and like a, a penny drop type of thing i always say like it's something just like no that's not right and at that time i was my son my my younger son was you know i was actually you know giving birth to a child and I remember feeling so upset about the world and it was a very emotional time and there was lots of drugs involved as well so I was extremely like high I guess (laughs) things are very emotional and I came out of that like a a changed person without realizing and I slowly was starting to feel really like uh, like I was against the group that I was part of you know i was like no i don't, i didn't want to hang out with them there's something that didn't sit with me and i didn't i knew something needed to change and i eventually left the group so i was there for an entire decade and then like imagine just someone okay now what what do i do now and you know i, I was realized my personality at the time was strong enough to say no i'm going to go and find the truth because that's where i always wanted to do and i'm um, i set off going and joining a muslim jewish theater group uh, and. <laughs> It was just like you do, you know, I just like you do. <laughs> yeah, like, like you do. I was like, I know, I'm just going to go enjoy. And it was called Muju as Muslim Jewish theater group. Because, you know, all of this time there was the issues around Palestine and Israel was, you know, and I realized I didn't actually know any Jewish people. So I wanted to go and, and meet people and find out, get involved in, in peace,
1: actual peace and dialogue and interfaith. So before we go on, I, I love to kind of mark a point in my own way of thinking sometimes that may be common to everyone else. Hearing you tell your story, and I, I've I've heard you talk about it a few times now, Hadiah and I met at an ideas conference. Gosh Hadiah, how long ago is that? Maybe two years, maybe three at PopTech? 2018 PopTech, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. It's been a while. And every time I've heard Hadiya tell her story, it helps me remind myself of how passionate I was as a youth, how many questions I was asking, how I found answers sometimes too quickly, how I was developing my own critical thinking skills. I mean, this process that you described, hadia is is common to every single thinking teenager. Wouldn't you agree? Like this is how yeah. we how we get down sometimes the wrong path is that we're so impulsive. we're we're questioning everything. If somebody's figured out the neuroscience of giving us the answers that fit their agenda, they'll very often take advantage of us. And I love your story because you could apply it to almost every young person who's ever, you know, gone down a path. But what I also love about your story is that you use it in, with great power in what you're doing next. Yeah. So keep going because this this is definitely one of these stories that we can all find a lot of strength in. And looking at our own stories, or looking at how our kids are moving along through life, or our yeah. neighbors' kids. Carry on.
0: Yeah. So coming out, I said like I wanted to find. I was on another quest, another mission to find mm-hmm. out. Okay, that that didn't quite work out. What do I do next? Yeah. And you know, I said I went into interfaith groups. So I also had a mission. Like I don't want anyone else to go down that route either. So I made mm-hmm. it my my work to stop and, you know, have this intercept where there's, I found those young people going down that route and to Mm -hmm. say, no, like who, how would I have spoken to me? Like, yes, you should feel upset about those things. That is not wrong. That is absolutely correct to feel anger about injustice and human rights, Mm -hmm. but you don't need to do X thing or Y thing, you know, put your passions into something positive. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that we, where is our solution as a society we know young people think these things and we know they see injustice there's no black and white answer like a lot of extremist groups give whether that's to far-right people you know young people going down this route you see a pattern I work a lot with ex-far-right individuals as well and I see a huge similarity It's, it's almost identical why wouldn't it be as you said every teenager goes through these patterns of thinking and yeah it's it's around Offering the solution. If you don't have a solution, don't bother even trying to speak with that young person. You need mm. to be able to do that. And that's where, well, why don't we set up groundswell projects? Like that's where it's come from. Um, I spent an over 15 years working with young people and families who were trying to get their children away from radical ideas. You know, I found myself in a in a good position where I was called by, you know, the UK Home Office when You know, there were issues around a young person going down the wrong route and I was able, you know, they gave me a call. I went to visit them, had some sessions and then, you know, pull them out of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that pulling them out and bringing them back to center was something that I've learned. You know, I've become an expert and through the experience, but I don't want to just leave it there like the next stage, the next stage has to come. That's where where I am with Groundswell Project. The solution that I'm trying to offer young people, which is way more cooler than any extremist group can
1: offer. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> way more cooler. Okay. So, this is what we need to really hear a lot more about because you've got a fascinating idea of, of solutions. But I don't want to fail to highlight this part of the fact that young people are looking for solutions to these really big questions in their mind and there are plenty of those on the chaos side of this world who are offering them solutions. Yeah. And and so that's how we get to that chaos is that mm-hmm. hey, they're just solving a problem for youth. So how yeah. do we solve a problem and give youth a different alternative r- path to to what's next in their lives? So tell us all about Hall because I just I just think it's so clever.
0: It is, but it's also quite basic as well it's like okay if i use my insight into what did extreme what is it that extremist groups do can we do that but better you know like we just beat them at their own game i always say so i i know what they do and i know where to put the stops and the barriers and with that information you then think okay extremist groups do their business in areas of in small community settings you know young people haven't got is i mean i'm not gonna you know just stereotype who extremist groups you know recruit because they they can be all from all walks of life you know i had you know a very privileged life went to private school i went to you know all these things so i it's not that oh there have to be young disenfranchised people it's just people who care but a lot of the time they do go into communities where there are low prospects for young people and If they are in that space, we also need to be in that space. So they were at university, we also need to be in university. So if they are working in small, you know, communities, there must be the antidote to that. There must be positive people who are also working in those communities. They must exist and they do. And this is where we're saying the goodness, the goodness within the community is what will fight, you know, the bad. We're talking like black yeah. and white here, but I mean, if that is actually what happens. Like the person who is interested in empowering a young person who wants to see them progress, who wants to see them flourish, that person, there's always one of them in the community. There's always somebody doing good. Lots of people doing good. Where are they? Can we empower them? Can we armor them? And can we encourage this work to, you know, flourish? Mm-hmm. And so groundswell project, you know, we created a tech platform whereby we highlight and scope organizations that are working with young people or working to do good in their communities, not just with young Mm -hmm. people. We put them onto the platform and now everyone can see them. So if they are now visible, actually like literally visible on a platform, it's easy for people to go in and help those organizations. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. There's an organization that works for youth engagement, youth empowerment, or a mental health organization. A lot of extremist groups, they will prey on people with mental health. Mm -hmm. So now we can see all of these organizations. We encourage local communities to go and donate their time, their efforts, Mm -hmm. join in their events. And this could also be like like we have a big somali community and a refugee community in where i live so uh, you know they've got events and they're doing amazing things for charity mm-hmm. how local clothes or go and connect with them and create mm-hmm. a dialogue so it's like a cross pollination of various communities in a small area which groundswell project tries to facilitate
1: okay so there's a mapping part of this describe groundswell from the hundred thousand foot look to us if somebody googles groundswell project they're what they're gonna they're gonna find a lot of of mapping correct
0: yes so our motto we came up with find connect amplify so we have we find the organizations we connect people to those organizations and to one another because oftentimes some organizations don't even know that they exist in one area like i know you were here 20 years how can we not have known so this is like we connect them to one another we connect people to the organization and then we amplify the positive that they're doing in their community so that could be a local event or family event along um, an example is there was a visit my mosque day it's an actual call visit my mosque day and it's a de- it's an opportunity for local people coming local place you're not going to find bin laden in there it's all going to be you know it's it's just community center and these people are scary and so we amplified visit my mosque day people were like coming in a bit like oh it's a bit scary and then they're like oh have some tea have some coffee and like oh wow these people are just normal i know it's like an obvious thing but many people don't realize that or they just need to be reminded or like changed by just to go to that event, right? And and that's just one example. Like, imagine like there's hundreds of events. People just keep going and finding out new people, connecting in a way that we realized that through COVID is an absolute necessity. It's a it's a it's a human need to connect with other individuals.
1: So, Groundswell is a way of of connecting the dots in your community in your local area. Like, if you if if you're in an area where you're working. People are going to be able to find out that there's this happening and that happening, and this group that addresses this problem, and that you're like the like the yellow pages of goodness. Like people can find out mm-hmm.
0: exactly
1: what they what they need and maybe want in their life to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a way to find that, I think what you've been observing is that there's all these these radical groups that are all too happy to connect with people who have a problem. Yeah, and they'll give yeah. them a solution that's going to be hard on the rest of us for sure.
0: And they thrive in areas where there is that division, where there is that mistrust, and they thrive where people are siloed, right? And and where there is no integration, they okay. cannot live or you know embed themselves in a community that's together or understand one another more.
1: This is huge, right? So that's the gist. Is that mm-hmm. if you're creating networks of people who feel together, who are solving problems together, then the radical groups have no power there. Yeah, you're creating a protective field
0: mm-hmm. sort against them.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and,
0: and I know this from, you know, when I was part of this organization, I couldn't go into communities that already knew or were protective over their young people or like, you know, my, my agenda was to try and recruit for the great to good at that point. That's what I was thinking. Mm. But, you know, I could, y- you'd get shooed away by organizations and communities that just, like, get away from us. We don't like what you're about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that is what I'm trying to build now. We need that deterrent, and it comes from a community that's aware, a community that's together, confident, knows one another, and is really positive. And that's, you know, young people thrive as well in that environment. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, of a win-win. It's like, a yeah, this is do. something I I totally believe will work as a solution. has been already. I've seen, you know, the fruits of this, you know, the labor already working.
1: So give us an example of some place Groundswell has been particularly got a nice, uh, a, just a nice sphere of influence. Give us a, a really uh, specific place and, and community that's done well with this.
0: So, for example, there was a hate crime that occurred in 2013 where a community was, center was burnt down by hate crime. And, you know, how do, they, how do you recover from that? You know, it's very traumatic. Imagine like, you know, wow, this is it's pretty traumatic for the community. And the first things that happened was the Jewish community next door asked them if they wanted to pray in their synagogue that that is like a beautiful act of kindness and goodness of community Mm -hmm. so that so they established a relationship out of this you know negativity Mm -hmm. and awful thing so there was still quite in that area a lot of division and suspicion of one another in that group and so what we did as groundswell project we saw a piece of land a garden that was really like derelict and we were like, wouldn't it be great if we could clear out this garden and bring everyone in the community from the young to the old, you know, some of the white middle-class organ- uh, community members, as well as the refugees, and asylum seekers, and say, look, why don't we all work together in this community garden and build a space that will help, you know, help you recover? Like, you know, nature is the best kind of cure as well. Yeah. And you can like, you can disarm and you can, you know, put your stereotypes aside. You're here to to build something together to benefit your children. And it's just be nice for everyone. It was, a, you know, there was like suspicion of each other. We got them around the table and people were like, I'm not sure about this. A, a lot of hesitancy. But, you know, the more we, you know, I realized you need facilitation. You need someone to be that glue. Like you said, the cohesion. You're like, no, get back here. We're sitting around this table. and We're doing this. And just being a bit bossy because <laughs> inside they actually want it to work. They're just, yes. you know, worried. And I'm like, no, come on, this is what it's going to look like. Anyway, long story short, we managed to get the local council to clear the space. Everyone who loved gardens, whether they were refugees or, you know, Nigel down the road who's, you know, forever lived in London, they were like start to talk because their, their passion was gardening and they came together on that. Passion. And the next thing you know, the garden flourishes, you've got kids in there doing bug hotels, learning about ecology, learning about nature, you know, really benefiting from that space. And the psychological effect that had on the everybody involved, doesn't matter where they were from. They were like, we created something amazing for our community. And we had, like, breathing exercise in there. We have, you know, so much, like, awesome, like, horticultural stuff happening. And it's the community are now friends because Mm -hmm. of that. And it took work, a heck of a lot of work, but this is what is going to – there's no quick fix, but Mm -hmm. there is a way if there is, you know, direction and passion and, you know, understanding. So that's an example, I think, maybe – you know would illustrate what i'm trying to say
1: yeah you know this inside they really wanted it to work <laughs> i mean no one is saying they love these times i not not very many people on either side are saying oh this is a great time to be alive with all this division and <laughs> chaos no <laughs> inside we yeah. all want it to work yeah. but and i think something you pointed out that is that whenever we can get an opportunity To be able to say, we created this. Yeah. The we is so important in that people will protect. You know, there was a, I think there was a a really wonderful group that was building schools. I can't recall a good 20 years ago before things went really off the rails and um, they always made sure that they brought the materials. They would get the materials there, but the community had to build the school. They had to Mm -hmm. physically put their hands on it brick by brick or they wouldn't give them the money for the school because they found out that the things people create together, they will protect. They will make sure it flourishes. Right.
0: Absolutely. And that's what's happening now. You know, I walk past that garden and I can see people and it just makes, you know, it it just took a facilitator. The people did the work, Mm -hmm. but you do need the, you know, that's why I say we need groundswell Project to make the far- pathways and the facilitation. Mm-hmm. I, I say, like, you know, nothing can just happen, like, just by wishing it. You have mm-hmm. to, like, if I wanted to party, for example, I won't just sit and think, oh, I want a party. I have to organize it. Mm-hmm. I have to bring people together. I need to send out invitations. There's work that has to mm-hmm. go on. And I think this is what's missing is extremist groups. They do the work. They do the legwork. They do the flyers and their posters and their symbols. And, you know, they're active Mm -hmm. doing this. And similarly, we need to be that active. We need to just, you know, we have a part to play in, you know, ensuring our society doesn't go down, you know, the society of hatred. That's our job to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize it
1: so yeah and, and this is just this is across the board for hate groups right i know that um at some point you had or have or you're connected to tell tell us the story of brad Galloway and how that relates because i don't want to want people to think that this is strictly or you know in one genre of of this world of division we're living in
0: yeah well that's it like people who've gone through a similar experience regardless of like the actual path, when we when we when we you know, we come together, we realized we were, ex- we went down exactly the same emotions. We were, you know, looking for some kind of answer and, you know, we, we were offered it by the wrong people.
1: So Brad, to so fill Brad, people in if people don't know about who Brad Galloway is.
0: So Brad Galloway was, um, he's based in Canada and was like the head of a neo-Nazi organization. I forget the name now, but he's done a lot of interviews and we worked together on, with an organization called life up to hate and they help people have been part of far-right groups and organizations proud boys or like even there there's a spectrum of like the extent to which they hate and yeah to get bring them out of those groups and into normal community so, so he does a similar thing to what i do with young people who are veering down the islamist side of group of things and we both like we' both kind of work with one another, because I, I, I sometimes work with his clients and he works with mine, and it just brings that different dynamic because we're all about showing that we're listening, that we're showing some kind of kindness and compassion and understanding to that other person in a way that they haven't been offered before. Mm-hmm. So this extremist groups give this pretense that they care about that individual mm-hmm. when they've just got a political agenda or whatever type of you know darker agenda. Uh, whereas myself and Brad, we just genuinely don't want people to go down that route. And and just, I would say, like we've got to be there to give the hug before anyone else does,
1: in that sense. Yes, yeah, that <laughs> is absolutely the bottom line. Okay, we're going to take a break and talk about a multiplier effect that we're trying to have at Everwinding Circles with a new organization we've created where people doing good in the world can find each other and learn from each other and ask questions and just really feel like they've found their group. So let's take a break. And when I come back, we'll talk some more about this. Cool. Do you thrive on learning from and collaborating with others for the good that's in the world and becoming a better version of yourself, both personally and professionally every day? We have built something just for you. The Conspiracy of Goodness Network. You can be a part of the first networking platform that prioritizes personal and professional growth as we work together to make the world a better place. The Conspiracy of Goodness Network is a vetted platform of entrepreneurs, creatives, and professionals who are committed to making the future brighter for us all, people like you. On the network, you can ask questions and find help with projects, share trusted resources, request and attempt workshops, expand your network of thought leaders, and learn from the experience of others to catalyze your work, interests, and passion projects. This is a place where all of us who are doing something to improve the world, large and small, can flourish. The $35 a month membership fee includes attendance to exclusive monthly happiness hours where you can hear from amazing speakers and influencers. It includes participation in monthly community challenges that will improve your own life and the world around you. You'll have access to the network's Mentor Match service to grow exponentially in your insight and decision-making. And you'll get automatic discounts on all of our courses and events. So join us, co-conspirators for goodness around the world, those who are doing anything they can to make the world a better place are coming together on this network to collaborate, and it is time we find each other. Go to conspiracyofgoodnessnetwork.com for a simple three-step questionnaire to apply to be a member today. Let's connect, collaborate, and change the future. Okay, now we're back, and I want to talk about this pretense of caring, be, and and just dive a little bit down this rabbit hole of where are the peace builders? <laughs> like this is this is a real quandary of our times. It seems like the you know the megaphone is just constantly being in, put put in front of anyone who can be outrageous or who can. Just spew the most thoughtful stuff. I don't know about you, Hadia, but my first thoughts are not that good. I have to really be thoughtful and careful before I, I just go spouting things. So tell me about what you've noticed in the world about facilitation, because that's what you're talking about. I think here. I, my sense is that your organization is facilitating peace building on all kinds of levels in all kinds of corners.
0: Yeah. And, and it goes back to what you said. I always say, like, where are the good people at? You know, like, you know, I know, like, good and bad is, is not so it's black and white. But, you know, where are the people who would really genuinely want to bring something positive into their community? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's about connecting those, you know, my, I cannot do something on my own as Hadiyah. Like, impossible. But if you did, like, create, connect those droplets, it makes, you know, a puddle or it could make a a river it can make a sea you know this is how you know those laws work and it's no different to to this idea of promoting goodness and how it's it spreads very quickly too so okay one idea so, of the garden sorry
1: no I was, no i but, i just want to yeah. i lo, go ahead tell me more about this garden because i think it's a really good example of how i understand your work and what's possible for us all
0: yeah, just briefly to say like someone saw that one garden and it didn't stop there they're like how did you do that show us how to, tell us how we did it and we can like we share that you know the methodology and it, it inspires people to do something in their community and and then somebody else will see it and it, it it's kind
1: of multiplies in that way. And when you talk about community you you are talking about micro zones of influence. You're not talking about my 17,000 person town. I mean, we can do it that way, but you really are focusing on the person by person aspect of this, right?
0: Yeah, like micro, yeah, neighborhoods, like making sure that it's just Mm -hmm. that hyper local thing, and and that is so good on so many levels because you then see, like you said, when you've been part of something, you have Mm -hmm. feel more of an ownership towards it, and and more of a connection to what you've, you know, the fruits of your labor so you've seen you know the so the people for who made the garden again i keep going to the same example but it's it's so brings up so many points that they see that every morning and they're proud that they did that and the, and the person that they they spoke to as a result so i always see when people can you know even when they donate their money and their time they can see where it's going as some like major charity organization they don't see that money mm-hmm. but if they you know, invest in their own neighborhood, their time, their effort, their money, they see the fruits of that. And if every community did that, you wouldn't need to, you know, we would have that
1: patchwork blanket of just goodness. Mm -hmm. So help us with the nuts and bolts of this. Would somebody, if somebody says, gee, you know, my neighbor, my neighborhood could use a real shot in the arm, like a coming together. What's the nuts and bolts of this for somebody who wants to help you? Because we've noticed that there's three kinds of people in this world. There's the helpers. Those are people that just are willing to pitch in and just do what's needed. There's the learners, the people who need to learn a lot about concepts. And they, they definitely are the knowledge keepers and add their own special sauce. And then there's the doers that start this or that. So if somebody, mm-hmm. let's take those three categories apart. Let's say if somebody's a learner. They just want to learn a lot more about what you're doing and try and understand how powerful this can be. Where where would they go? Have you done interviews? Are do you have a part of your organization where people can learn more about this and how it would actually work?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously we have the website and everything's developing. You know, we don't have everything perfect. It's, it's always always growing absolutely. and getting and improving. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the mapping system is kind of self-explanatory that, oh. You know, these are organizations that are doing good in their community, adding, and you can literally add your own organization to the mapper yourself. And then we'll, you know, we'll just bet it and it'll be plonked on there. And there you are, you'll be, you'll be put onto the map, literally. And then, so if you, if you, if you've got an organization doing something good, you, you can practically just add yourself on there. Yeah. And then to find out more, we've got, we've created quite a few three minute videos that have gone quite viral as well. The videos on the site to get more information on you'll find a video about Ivan Humble who was part of of an extremist right-wing organization who you know he he comes out saying my enemy was the Muslim community Mm. and then he talks about how he went into a mosque one day and then changed his mind and then now he like works for like he's an anti-racist campaigner like a real (laughs) and he works with us so his story is amazing I, I recommend that you go and, and watch some of these three-minute videos to get okay. inspired.
1: And we will have a link to those in the show notes. So don't worry, you won't have to do much searching. So, Hadia, there's a lot of concepts here that my work at Everwedding Circle seems to overlap. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that it's important, even in our toughest moments, to be kinder than we need to be. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've you've had moments where you just wanted to snap because of assumptions yeah. that people make or whatever. <laughs> I know it, the social innovators <laughs> roller coaster is full of these <laughs> emotional tests. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I, I do have to share that Hadi and I got together on Friday to just catch up. We hadn't talked in a long time. And about maybe two minutes before she and I were supposed to jump on a call, my husband called me to tell me that my identity had been stolen. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, yeah. And so, there, all that was falling out, and so our conversation was very brief. But I tell you, you and I had a little moment of social innovator coping skills going on there because. <laughs> We were talking about the law of attraction and I think we both meant it in a good way, right? Like if we, if you want good in the world, you put it out there and it's gonna, you're going to attract it. You do good and it's going to come back to you. But then (laughs) I had actually started scheduling time for chaos building.
0: I pointed that out to you, something (laughs) very obvious. I'm like, do you actually do that Linda? And you're like, yeah. I was like, maybe you should stop. Maybe you should stop factoring two hours for chaos because then chaos will follow you. (laughs) And that's how. And I love the way you said, Do you know what this idea of law of attraction keeps coming around in different ways? I love the way you said that as well.
1: (laughs) Right after I told you that I was actually scheduling time for chaos each day because (laughs) it kept happening to me over and over again. So let's talk about this part of the equation, because uh, anybody who's listening to this interview probably already is in what we call the conspiracy of goodness. They're probably doing something in their own orbit, large and small, to make the world a better place, or they know groups that they're connected to in some way, or they're thinking about starting something that really needs, you know, that's the solution space, But, you know, you and I, we had to use our sense of humor that day. You were in an awkward moment because my face was probably white and (laughs) with terror. I
0: was shocked you could still talk to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we both at some point, you just have to have a sense of humor. So Mm. tell me some good coping skills that you're finding as you're as you're moving along this, because you've been you've been working at getting to where you are today with this groundswell organization. For how many years now?
0: Probably like 15 years it's taken for me to come mm-hmm. to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. known it, but
1: see, yeah. So now just the other day we used a sense of humor. Oh, what else gets you along the way? Like, do you have some vision of what's possible for us all that makes you get up every morning? Or do you have certain coping skills that, you know, um, work for you when you run into a, a giant hurdle that just sides to you like like mine on Friday?
0: Yes. I guess, yeah, there's this, like, everything, every cloud has a silver lining, you're like, where the hell is it, please, where is this silver lining? Okay,
1: and do you (laughs) usually find it? But it's there. Yeah, it is there, do you usually find one?
0: Yes, it takes a bit of time, you kind of let it have to, like, in the middle of the chaos at the moment, at that time when you're not thinking, it's, like, the worst thing ever, but you just have to breathe and sit down, you're like, oh my god, all these good things happening as a result, and you know, it takes time and you have to learn patience. Like mm-hmm. you can't force things to happen. You, and often things happen when you're least expecting it as well. Mm. That's the pattern that I've seen. Like, wow, you know, when I really want it, it doesn't happen. And then when I kind of forget about it a little bit, and just go and have a break, then it happens.
1: Interesting. Okay. And, so being patient, persevering, how do you keep yourself motivated? I know people want me to ask you this because we all are facing complicated times right now. Everything seemed like to be on the treadmill and complicated to begin with. And now mm. it just seems like things are coming at us, coming at us, coming at us. So do you have a routine? Are you very routine oriented where you have a, a workaround for the common things that are obstacles for you?
0: I don't have a routine. I'm the most disorganized person on earth. How well I'm being really
1: honest. (laughs) Maybe that serves you because then your expectations are very low in any given moment.
0: I just stopped being this way. Like I just like cut loose because I know like what my intention is and I feel this freedom and I know what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it, you know, for myself, for my children, for the future generation. And it's something that's bigger than me. Right. And I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. So I don't look at it something personal I'm doing it again like it's, it's it's part of my makeup I think from a teenager I still was thinking about this doing it for the greater good of humanity and it's like my tiny contribution to that mm-hmm. and if I look at me in the great scheme of things it's it, you know I'm quite minuscule mm-hmm. and and just like recognizing that your part in the world is significant but it's not everything mm-hmm. and to not put pressure on myself as well like oh no I've got to do this and that and it's quite easy to do because you know the more interest I'm getting in the project you know people want to know more about it and I've got to do you know different pitches and it can be quite daunting Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so if you just yeah not put the pressure on you enjoy it it's about enjoying the journey
1: okay and yeah it's, it's important for me to do that that is very true, isn't it? Like you can find yourself, if you focus too narrowly on the moment and how much stress there is to get this, that, or the other thing done, you forget to enjoy the journey. I mean, I would assume that you, your success now is is what you wanted. <laughs> it's what you were working towards.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it, it's just, yeah, I just feel it, it's not because I'm like desperate for something. It's just I'm allowing it to happen, mm-hmm. just being open and just – free and, and allowing good stuff to happen and, and you want to see the good as well so I like if you had like a garden full of like you know piles of manure but one tree that was beautiful you just focus on that one tree and or other way around you know like if it was like loads of trees that were beautiful and a piece of manure you wouldn't focus a lot of people do that like yes. they've got a perfect world and just want to see that bad so exactly. it's just like yeah focus on everything that's beautiful and that kind of you know it feeds into your own inner self and makes you just happier
1: generally absolutely what we give our attention to expands exactly i'm sure you've found that so when you're confronted with these harsh realities i'm sure you get you get your groove on and everything's going but like in our projects something takes you by surprise Are you bracing? Are you pausing and then shifting up to, you know, success recipes you found before? Or what do you do when something just wants to broadside you? I
0: just kind of go into hibernation a little bit, to be honest, Mm -hmm. and just kind of re-collaborate and and just like, a I'm not feeling in a good space. These things Mm -hmm. are not going my way. And it feels quite negative. And a -hmm. a lot of things are trying to pull me down and I can feel it. But you know, it's like summoning that inner energy that I know I've got mm-hmm. to try and break away from it, and and you know, look at you know, summoning that inner passion and my goal. It, it elevates me, and kind of it, it takes a few days. It might need a retreat or going away or going for walks or whatever it is. But I do kind of cut myself off, and mm-hmm. and if it, if it's particularly a bad thing, that's not mm-hmm. happening and surround myself with, you know, I've got amazing friends and my family. I'm very, you know, blessed in that way. And and, and that's what I do. And, and that, that feeds me and energizes me again. It takes a while, but you know, I know I'll get there.
1: Mm-hmm. And you've probably done it. You've probably done hard things over and over again like that. So you, you know, that you can do it again.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping I don't have to do it much more.
1: But, But, you know, I I guess my point is, is that we all hit these moments, these real bumps in the road. And I um, would imagine that you've got some so many stories of where your efforts were successful or where you're gaining ground right now that you can. And we back to your forest and manure (laughs) analogy, you know, that's what we need to train our mind on is the successes we had, the vision that those successes allowed us to create rather than looking at the, the bare ground and rocks below our feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just try and keep in this elevated, positive mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, if you do good things, it will come back to you and it's better to do that. than go down. it. Like what's the alternative? You know what I mean? It's, it's do the bad stuff. Like it's not in, it's not in our makeup to do it. So keep on that road. It will get better. It will get easier.
1: Yes, that is it. It it is good to remind us of the alternative too. Yeah, yeah. There's it's one or the other.
0: And and as cheesy as that is to say, it's all about you know the goodness then creates you know the the kindness and the goodness and creates so much love as well. Mm -hmm. Like you know it it has that effect, and you know it it helps your heart, and it it, you become addicted to trying to to look for that as well in your life. It makes you feel so much better.
1: Yeah, and what a great thing to be addicted to. <laughs> Gosh, there are so many so many on the other side. Okay. So if people want to get a hold of you, they want to know more. Are you keeping this pretty contained to your region? Are you open for people to connect with you? About is would it be like starting another map, another chapter? How what's your best case scenario about how this grows?
0: Well, again, it needs to grow organically and it is, it's our we've got the email is info at groundswell.world. And I put mm-hmm. dot .world as because I want it to go global, that this is community, it's people, it's humanity. We're all over the world. And it's a formula that can help work in any region, whether you're in the US or Canada or Africa, or wherever. Where there are good people doing good things in their community, we need to know, we need to encourage it and learn from it. And, you know, extremist groups are not just you know, working in one space, they're all over the world. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, we will walk in that path, but do a better job. So my, you know, I I would like to see the map growing. It can be, it can be put anywhere in the world. So, you know, any organizations that are around the world that are doing great things can be added to the MAP anywhere.
1: I think it's just waiting for, for just a really big announcement that you exist. Because it's, (laughs) It's so obvious that this is the way to go. Okay. So I like to ask founders, if there was one thing that could happen that just fundamentally would launch you to the next level, almost all of us have something that is our greatest barrier to whatever we perceive as the next level. You know, I was talking to principal Linda Wayman. She turned around one of the most dangerous high schools in America. And when I was chatting with her, I asked her that, and she said, I need a facility for these kids to get together with the college. She has a bunch of college volunteers that that would counsel these high school kids that she's helping, but she had no facility. (laughs) And somebody in her community heard this podcast and called her within days and not only found her a place where they could meet, but also funded her project.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. It's amazing. So
1: I think it's important when I talk to founders to ask, to just ask, Mm -hmm. like, what is the one thing that could happen that would enable you to take this to the next level?
0: Well, we've done the groundwork. I always say this analogy we've built the ship and we need a crew to run it. You know, everything that takes, it takes effort, it takes human power. And we, you know, to have a team to pay for, for people's salaries to make this work. That's probably what I'm looking for. And trying to find ways of being self, you know, to, to be sustainable and self-sufficient is my goal. And, and yeah, like that's the idea is that everything needs fuel. And, mm-hmm. and for me, it's, it's bringing people on board who can be part of the crew.
1: Okay, and, great. So if folks know someone who can help get the word out that you exist, to people and, and organizations that are doing good in the world, that's, that's the best thing that could happen to you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have a team.
1: Yeah. Great. That that's is a such a great, things. okay, good. All right. So any of the, li- any of people listening to this podcast, if this all makes sense to you, contact Hadiya. where, where would people be able to connect with you the best?
0: Our website, info at groundswell.world.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and your the website. Okay. All right, so you've got somebody monitoring that that would get a message to you if someone's got something really important to, to add. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, so the end of every interview, I always ask, what proves to you, Hadia, that it is still an amazing world? That's our byline, ever widening circles. It is still mm-hmm. an amazing world. What keeps you going in the morning?
0: I'm just grateful for everything that's around me and the people I have in my life. Um, that I've got my health that I've got you know the ability to to keep going I think mainly it's the people because okay. the people not the material stuff it's the human beings in my life that I love and they love back and you know the more you love you never like run out of it and it just grows and so that's what keeps me going well, but yeah for my for my children mainly I think as a mother and and women as peace builders that's often a a kind of uh, motivation from mothers in particular and the the feminine energy we have is quite extraordinary
1: yeah and that that is carrying us forward it's a, definitely a part of the wind that i think is going to help us open a new era there's a lot of common sense there that's got 30 40 hundred thousand years worth of <laughs> with of wisdom going on when it's Absolutely. the way we yeah we mothers tend to care about the future in, in a unique way because it's so strong within us to protect our kids it is so thank you so much for joining us hadia i i really want people to check out groundswell i've been interested in it since the moment i heard about it and it has grown so much i love some of the photos that you sent me how you're how you're making progress it's something that we can oh i've got to say
0: please sorry to interrupt no no go for it please please, like join our instagram and you know DM us on, on Instagram and social media as well, because we've put a lot of pictures and videos up there of yes. our kindness um, matters campaign. And we just want to like shout about it. So give us something to shout about.
1: It'd be yeah, great. Lovely. Absolutely. And these are, th- this is uh, deep in our core. What we all know is important is being a part of something much bigger than ourselves. So thank you for giving us that opportunity and creating it. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. I'm going to so go put some things on that map today. Yeah, please do. Yeah, lovely, lovely. (laughs) There is feedback as well. (laughs) So thank you to Hadia for being a thought leader who's a part of opening a new era for us all. And thanks to our affiliate partners for proving it's still an amazing world. You can find information about today's featured affiliate partners in the show notes below. And you can help us by supporting Ever Widening Circles through the app. I have a book called Happiness is an Option that help support Everwinding Circles. And if you're one of the people that Hadiah is working to support while supporting communities, we have so much pride in this Conspiracy of Goodness network that we've just started. There you can meet people like Hadiah, people like the, the folks that would wind up on her map, and we can all be multipliers for goodness. I always like to say, goodness can be viral too. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Remember to check out the Conspiracy of Goodness Network, Ever Widening Circles, and I hope these connections to goodness and progress serve you and we'll be back again next week. Thanks.